What's up, my little pudding cups, which is what <laughs> the nickname I've decided to give you all, anyone who listens to that. You're my little pudding cups. Anyway, welcome back to another episode of the Alston Pudding Podcast, presented by Alston Pudding, brought to you by Alston Pudding, uh, <laughs> brought to you by State Farm. No, just kidding. They don't sponsor us. No one gives us any money. This is uh, completely DIY. As I just told a friend who mentioned that they would be interested in <laughs> acquiring a sugar daddy, I said... I'll just take the sugar, hold the daddy. <laughs> anyway, I'm getting ready to uh, hop on the Amtrak train, head down to D.C. A friend of mine from uh, from childhood is getting married. Um, so uh, <laughs> uh, that's what I'll be doing tonight. So I wanted to record this intro and the outro real quick for this episode before I get going on there because I'm sure <laughs> I'll be asked to stop <laughs> if I try to do this on the overnight Amtrak train, yeah. Oh, what a week! What a what a what a good week for me personally. Uh, if you've had a bad week, I'm sorry. This this week has felt good. I've, I've been feeling good. Anyway, this week we're back with another episode of the the old this this dang old podcast in Boomhauer talk. But and my guest this week is Mary Getty, who's sort of a he makes music similar to to rap hip hop, but it's it's a little it's a little looser than that. There's there's a lot of like I guess like alternative hip hop might be a good genre label for it, but but yeah, I I I, I feel like that is nonetheless a little little limiting too. He's he's quite a character as you're going to hear. My favorite part of this interview coming up is there's a v- extended section where he tells me about a nightmare that he had a couple years ago and it's just a wild dream and I had such a blast <laughs> listening to to their to their retelling of of this dream so yeah anyway without further ado here is Mary Getty Marigetti. <laughs> You're bugging. <laughs> 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 we, we, can, we can Italianize this as much as uh, it's possible. <laughs> but anyway, Marigetti is here with me. I'm with Harry. All right. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm cool. A little tired. 
but I'm good. Where are you tuning in from? I'm in CT. Um, I'm in Connecticut right now. Okay, word. And I know you that like you've uh, like hopped around a bunch. We had talked about that when I had covered you your uh, video for Risky a little bit. Are you originally from Connecticut? Born and raised. Yeah, I moved out of here when I was seventeen. Um. Yeah, born and born. Well, I guess yeah, seventeen. Almost born and pretty much born and raised. I'd say seventeen's <laughs> like born and raised. Yeah. And when I was seventeen, I moved to Harlem. And then I lived like in a lot of different places in New York and Harlem and Washington Heights, a little bit in Brooklyn and some parts of Boston, a couple other places. But those are the most significant. Nice. Nice. Where in Boston have you uh, spent a lot of time? Um, that uh, like, you know, Highland Park. Yeah. Yeah. With the castle I'll, like there. That's it's okay. a very specific. I mean, yeah, there in Brookline. Okay, um, nice. Somebody nice. somebody close to me lives in Brookline. And so when I was a teenager, I, I could go to Brookline too. I have a lot of friends in Roxbury and Mattapan, Alston and Cambridge too. Nice. So it's, it's an important place to me also. Nice, nice. Yeah, when when was the last time you were able to to get out of here? I'm almost never here. Um <laughs> and I'm I'm moving out of here forever. Big love to CT, but there's not opportunities here at all. And it's time to move on. I'm just back. I'm helping some family move out, mm-hmm. actually. But yeah, I'm, I'm in Boston often. And I was in New York mostly before this, before the pandemic. Yeah. Okay, nice. nice. Where, where are you from in Boston? Or are you from from Boston? My, my apologies. What, what's your story? I'm from Boston if, if you're from out of town. Mm-hmm. But if you're actually from Boston, then I'm from the South Shore. <laughs> oh, got of, you. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So I grew up on the South Shore, but then I came to Boston for college, and I live in Cambridge now. Yeah, yeah. No, I've I've lived around Alston and Brookline. I haven't really lived outside of Boston to this point in my life, but we're working on that. You know, you've been in one place like too long. I want to get into your uh, into talking about you as as an artist. Talking about oh, your stop music. it. Yeah, this yeah, is, yeah. This is your interview. I'm interviewing you. <laughs> no, please. <Come> on. <laughs> You're the artist. Nah. Welcome I, to my uh, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Follow me on Spotify. Yeah, the the Austin Pudding podcast hosted by uh, Marigetti. <laughs> so when no, did I, you start? When did you start making music? How old were you? Uh, I was like, first time I was in bands was in high school. Played in some very confused bands, just bands that like. You know, when you like link up with friends and you're like, oh, you play an instrument. I play an instrument. Let's link up. Except we're interested in like vastly different forms of music and we could never really like make it sync up in a way that like probably would have been cool now if we could like combine the various elements. Like I was I was into a lot of like like classic and blues rock. that's what I like played when I was learning guitar as a teenager. And then the bassist in one of the bands I was in was super into punk. And then our drummer was really, really into metal. And so we were trying to like find some marriage there, but I think we were like too young and like, you know, didn't have enough musical know-how to, cause like theoretically all that can mash up and we could have probably made something really cool if we were, you know, had a little more maturity (laughs) under our belts. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I got started playing in bands, but I haven't played in one in a while. Yeah, in the past few years, I've made like a lot more like electronic music, especially with a friend of mine who is his like production skills have like leveled up a lot in the past few years. So fortunately, we haven't been able to get together too much over the last like year and a half, but we've been kind of getting back together a couple times past few weeks. What's the project called? Uh, it's called Symbiax, S-Y-M-B-I-A-X. Please send that to me after this interview. I'd love yeah, to hear totally, it. totally. Yeah. But yeah, like I really, I really dig your stuff. I was listening to Shh, your, yeah, Shh, the title of the, I guess you'd call it like an EP because it's like 20 minutes. It's an album. Yeah, yeah there's like a lot of like, you know. <laughs> Seven like, songs, it's an album. Yeah. <laughs> Six, no, it would a, be an EP. 
but it's seven so it's an album. i think that's an i i tend to go by like overall length but i know like a lot of people just like the the lines are like blurred now in the uh especially right now yeah in like the the digital age the the algorithmic spotify age of listening but yeah ep or album it's like it's really good it's a really good 20 minutes flows really nicely a lot of cool sounds i think you had described it to me in your email as being like glass post-punk and kind of like oh that funk. oh that was the one from before the the many voices joint many voice oh, okay 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 uh, i'm waiting for a that's call just back. a thread yeah nice yeah and so we had gotten linked up because you had uh hit me up when you were dropping a video for risky one of the tracks from many voices and you came through the day before um, <laughs> the project drop, like at night. I was like, "Oh, nobody's gonna write about this. Nobody cares." <laughs> no, I, I thought it was. Email, I thought it was a cool know. video, and I dig your sound. A lot of like, a lot of like really interesting like textures and rhythms going on. And I'd say that is pretty consistent for like just your overall sound too, where you've got a lot of like interesting things going on, and I, I really like the cadence of your voice too. Because it's like sort of on that line where you're like rapping a lot, but it's also, it's not just like, you know, like straight up couplets a lot of the time. What's a couplet again? <laughs> it's uh, it's like two lines that rhyme, right? Okay. You know, writing a, a verse of lyric rap or like lyrics a lot of the time, they just, you know, it's just like two, two, like pairs of twos, right? Which you've got, you know, plenty of examples in that of that but uh i feel like sometimes you also like i don't have a lyric any lyric sheets for you in front of me but um feel like a lot of the time you'll uh i don't know it you're kind of like more rhythmically delivering statements or like longer pieces that aren't necessarily coupled by these rhymes but still like putting them in sort of this rhythmic cadence um and a lot of your lyrical content, again, I don't have any lyrics right in front of me, but I remember there's there's one track, and you'll probably be able to tell me which it is, where you're like <laughs> uh, talking about how you're friends with like a pet goldfish or something. Do I have that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the second song, if you if you're with it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are those like like images and ideas like that? Are those like pretty common throughout your your lyricism? Throughout my life, I, I don't know, it, it, it all, um, I don't write and I don't really think about how the songs come out. I don't re-record most of the time. I just punch in like two lines or a line or three lines and then I move on. So I haven't really thought about it much, but fish, fish definitely come up a lot. I really love fish. <laughs> oh, what about, what about fish do you, do you really like? Um, I like how they taste, but I hear they're bad for the environment, so I'm trying to chill out <laughs> with that. But um, I like how they look. I kind of, I really like being in the ocean and water. I feel very connected to water. I feel very at home in, in water. Maybe in another life I was a fish, although I doubt it. But I, I, just, <laughs> I really like fish. Like, I like how they look. I like how they live. It's, it's kind of simple, but some of the fish have pretty complicated lives, too. Mm -hmm. especially deep down um, oh yeah, cuddle, yeah cuttlefish are really interesting i have um i have a shelved album last year that i almost dropped called aquatic conspiracy theories about this dream i had about it was a really scary dream where fish were taking over the world and i woke up and the week before i made a song called catfish and then i just made like 10 more songs that are fish themed i might drop it in like september or august <laughs> nice, nice so uh what, what does the fish world order look like in your dreamscape oh it was so scary i have it on my phone in my notes but i'll, I'll try to remember it in short right now <laughs> uh so i was i was in like this giant i've i have a song called boyfish too um and it's my biggest song i'm by no means a large artist but a lot of people that i know like me for the song boyfish and I was in this giant, like, amphitheater. It was 100 feet tall. Or, no, it was 500 feet tall. And it was a palace. I think it was in Munich, Germany or something. And I was on top of the amphitheater. And everybody was singing, like, different fish songs. And they, like, remix Boyfish, like, 10 different ways. And it's all these kids. 
And I see the, the, this kid from my high school that was kind of racist and like uh, some random acquaintance from some job and like all just all these people, ex-friends, close friends, just just random people from the past assorted and a lot of kids. And they're all singing this song that I never heard before. And then people just started jumping off the amphitheater and into the water. A couple of my friends jumped in. And then the next thing I knew, I was on a beach. And I saw all these horseshoe crab packets, like like horseshoe crab eggs. And I saw these kids in white robes. And I saw the horseshoe crab packets. And I knew that they were going to hatch death. And the death was that fish were coming out of water to take over the world. And I saw like, like pure kids by the beach. And I'm like, damn, like these kids, like they're, they're all like, they're like five, eight, 13, 15, all in white robes. And it's like, they're, they're all like pure and happy. And I see like in the water, these mysterious horseshoe crab packets. And I couldn't say anything. My mouth was completely shut. So you couldn't even warn them that the fish were coming to take over? I couldn't. And then I saw them patching and then I just started running and then this guy uh, not a guy they weren't even gendered like this they looked like you know um Sid from Ice Age yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like this, in, a, in a fish version of that yeah <laughs> they were coming at me with like long tongues trying to trip me and there was a pack of them it was a really really sad messed up dream I wanted to cry yeah um, they were coming at me with tongues, so I knew the kids were mostly gone at this point. And like this Sid, like squirrely, like ice age creature, but that was also a fish, like also like an eely feature, a creature on land, was trying to trip me. So I would fall, and they could all eat me. And then one of them got me, but these creatures wouldn't die, so I had to like subdue the creature enough so it wouldn't attack me for like a minute or two and throw it into the pond. Otherwise they'd all kill me. <laughs> and then um, I ran into So you were friend. like, you were like humanity's last line of defense against the invading fish. Pretty much. And then at this point it's dawn. Like it's been like <laughs> 15 hours. Oh, uh, so this was like an overnight epic yeah. battle. It's <laughs> yeah. I have, I'm sure I'm missing a lot of details, but um Okay. And then That's I still like a pretty friend. vivid, vivid dream description. <laughs> it's been two years or two and a half years now, which is wild that I remember any of the details. And then I ran into my friend and she was like, hey, let's hang out. I was like, no, the fish are coming for us. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't you understand? <laughs> and she's like, um, and then she had like gummy worms coming out of her mouth. And then I woke up and there was something else. I, I, I was like, I was telling her like fish are coming the world. <laughs> and then i made an album called aquatic conspiracy theories and i finished it the day covid hit um oh, damn. like on march 11th of 2019 something like the 2020 i don't know it's blurring together and then i haven't done anything with it but i, I have a lot of fish songs and I, I was thinking about fish way before this i actually made a fish documentary once um about a fish like coming through a computer screen. I'm really not into horror movies, by the way. I'm very like scared <laughs> of that stuff. I, I only watch in eighth grade. This girl asked me out on a date um, to a horror movie, and I said no, and then she broke up with me. So that's the type of person I am. I'm not. I'm not like <laughs> a scary person. But um, I like did a little short film thing for a class when I was like 17, 18 about fish coming through a computer screen. Somebody coming home and watching fish documentaries and then one day they come home and they're in the screen and the fish is watching them human documentaries oh geez <laughs> but i've just always been interested yeah no fish like aquatic life in general is really interesting it's like it's always felt like i don't know like almost like i know they're of this earth but they have this extraterrestrial quality to them evolution underwater took like a whole different different course yeah, aquatic life is crazy. And like, as you were saying, especially like the deeper you go into those like high water pressure, deep sea, very dark areas. You mentioned cuttlefish, but then there's like anglerfish and like blobfish too. Like blobfish gets a lot of like meme traction. It's that one that like, it's sort of like a, just a, like a lump. There's like a picture that always like resurfaces. But I found out that that sort of like kind of lumpy quality in that blobfish photo is because 
it's been taken up to like above sea level mm. and, and so like it's it lives in such a high pressure environment that it doesn't look like that underwater like the pressure like keeps its you know all its body mass in more and so when it comes up when people have like brought it up above like out of the ocean then it just sort of like lumps out <laughs> well so yeah the the picture of what a blobfish looks like is not the most accurate depiction of a of a blobfish i guess but that's been like a favorite any... fish of mine yeah but yeah do you have any like favorite fish it seems like you might have like a while you respect them you might also have like a tentative relationship with them based <laughs> on like your, your like your dreams and your like subconscious view of fish i don't know if i have a favorite i i really like i like uh, octopus octopi i like uh i really like all of them Truth be told, I I don't know all the words, like the names. I just see images in my head. Watched a lot of fish stuff growing up. But no, I, I don't. I just remember, I remember going to the aquarium and seeing the, what's the, the manta ray. That's the mm-hmm. like what, triangle guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like petting him. Uh, I, I hear they don't like that, which is sad, of course. I know they don't like humans, period, or being in an aquarium. I just remember feeling like, damn, I'm finally with some people I could relate to. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah. So those dreams sound like I don't want to get too much into because I'm hardly like a dream interpreter or anything. But there's some like interesting implications, I guess, of, I don't know, like nature, like fighting back against like human presence kind of tie into like the way we're treating the planet almost. Again, I don't, I'm not trying to like read into like your own dream interpretations here. Do you think there's anything that has to do with climate change, rapid climate change in those dreams? I'm not going to hold you. It's something that I don't, I, I truly don't think about climate change that much. I should be more, but I probably mentioned in this conversation more about climate change than I have in my entire life. Just kind of got on the fish train, mm-hmm. but I'm sure that that would be like an appropriate interpretation. I think it goes hand in hand with we all want control in our lives. And I feel like there's a thread between wanting control over the world that humans humans want to have control over the world. And also a thread between that and us having wanting to have control over our own lives and like having autonomy and how the two aren't synonymous, but we sometimes make it out to be that way gotta make a detour pit stop backtrack remember you used to live by the fish spot i could make it rot like chris rod dudes be no no not like slipknot aquarium find me in a gift shop ball then i take a swim with the big one Seem where I've been, I think not. I was in the ocean with a ziplock. Gotta make a detour, pit stop, backtrack. Remember, used to live with a fish spot. I can make it rot like Chris Rod, be No, no, not like Slipknot. Worry if I mean a gift shop ball, then I take a swim with the big one. Seem where I seen, not think not. I was in the ocean with a ziplock. When you throw a trash with a trash, go find me 500 deep in Tabasco. When you play tact with a tactile, textile gas all dope to a tablet. If you do drugs with your mind go, who makes the money and where does the time go? You can tell me about mine, uh, unpaid therapy's not idle. You gotta make a detour, piss off, backtrack, let me use the whip up this spot. I can make it rot like Chris Rock, Disney, no, no, not like Slipknot. Where you find me in a gift shop ball, then I take a swim with the big one. Seeing where I've been, I think not. I was in the ocean with a ziplock. How to make a detour ziplock? How to make, how to make, I can make it rot like Chris Rock, Disney, no, no, not like Slipknot. Where you find me in a gift shop ball, then I take a swim with the big one. Seen where I've been, I think not. I was in the old ocean with the ziplocks. in your in your songs that you 
keep coming back to? I know you you said you don't really write lyrics that you kind of just like come up with a couple lines at a time, but do you ever find yourself like returning to to themes, ideas, images other than fish? I'm definitely now that I think about it ultra repetitive. Like some some ideas do come up a lot. Um, especially because I, I I think the first rap I wrote had like something about a sea anemone in it. And I was 11. So you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it's been a long, long time. And I probably do have themes. I just have so many songs at this point. I remember I did that that um, Project Hair a couple years ago. And each song was a different animal. I definitely like adding animals in my songs. I don't really know. I, I I haven't been that like thoughtful. Like I never sit down and think about my lyrics. A lot of people say I, I tend to write about my emotions um, and other things seep in through that. Like everything seeps in. I just write exactly, you know, what's going on around me pretty much. And then sometimes there's little exaggerations and like sense of humor probably filled in. That's just how I think though. I'm not like trying to be funny. At the same time, there is that like a sense of humor there in a lot of those lyrics. I don't think it comes from like not trying to be funny, but I think it comes from like not taking yourself too seriously or anything. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not like every time I make a song, like I'm not going to be funny. (laughs) Um, Probably food comes up a lot. Like I always like I I remember in that risky song, I said, you're all little eggs and the world is my omelet. (laughs) And then in that uh, the the fish song you just mentioned, which isn't a fish song, but I somehow had to sneak some fish lyrics and it was like, goldfish is my best friend. Attention span like almonds. Pull up, pull up, pull up, pull up. I'm a walnut. I'm a nut. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, probably food. I don't know. I, I I really am not the one to ask. You could probably ask anybody else that listens and they probably have more to say. But I'm not conscious of it. To me, it's just like speaking at this point because I've been doing it for so long. And it's how I communicate. It's, it's how I learn like social skills too through music. Like before music, I was not a very socially adept person. It helped me unwind my thoughts. It's my therapy too. How like I don't I don't have a therapist or another outlet besides the occasional run or sit up. Just the just the one sit up at a time. Just one one sit. That's up. all you need. Flex. <laughs> <laughs> I so I remember seeing this promo little promo video that you posted on Instagram of like an upcoming song or project, and it was like you opening a fridge and there was like a projection of another video featuring you like on the fridge while you opened it which seemed like again like kind of ties into food like it seemed like you were getting a late night snack but also like we've been talking about talking about your dreamscapes I kind of see that in like some of the videos that I've seen Um, like this this promo there's a very out of body feel to that where you know we're watching like two versions of you at once like one projected on the fridge and then one going to get this late night snack where it's sort of like this, I don't know, it almost feels like a body-mind split almost, where like your mind is the version that's projected onto the fridge and your body is searching in the night for this late night snack to like get in touch with like your phys- the physical needs of your body, like your hunger and, and your need to eat. That might be reading too much into, I don't want to trip you out and make you think of it like that. <laughs> That was just sort of uh, like my thought. I, that's that's beautiful. You wow, you are a good writer. I uh yeah, I don't I don't know what to say. That's why I'm tired. I was shooting more for that last night. I'm hopefully dropping it tonight at 9:42 p.m. It's uh What uh what track is that for? It's all of them. Um, I made a, oh, all an album music video. Visual album? Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah, nice. I I finished And that's that's for sh- Yeah. F- um, hopefully one day I could go back and like do some like more full out individual songs, but in each video, there's like six shots like that about, so it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of music video album. I wouldn't say it's like a, a lyric video or anything like that. It's kind of music mm-hmm. video album. That's cool. But yeah, I definitely feel like there's more than just me on this earth to extrapolate off of what you just said. I feel like there's many different sides of me and it's not always me speaking. There's somebody else speaking through me at times, maybe a higher power or something, but it, it, it feels often like I have no control over myself and what goes on around me. And it's mostly a positive thing. Sometimes it's negative, but it's mostly like 
the world's flowing through me and vice versa. There can be like a lot of peace to that, that feeling where you just sort of like accept that you can only control like so much of what's going on. You can control like what's what's inside you and like your own kind of personal world, but there's like a much, much larger world that you are a part of and help make up and inhabit that you can't really control all that much other people, other like ways of the world. And I think that's like part of becoming like a Zen person, finding inner peace is that realization. That's something I'm working on for sure. I have so much work to do on that, but I'm trying. And it definitely like when I, when I do music, that's that's what it is 100 percent. so if i if i could just make music 24 7 and not be caught up in anything else i'd be yeah i'd be pretty zen pretty pretty much <laughs> okay oh so i kind of wanted to ask more about the video for risky because i i picked that up not just because i like the song but i really like the video there were some like really funny images in there like you on the train tracks like rowing the was it a canoe or a kayak? I don't know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> I I know the di- I can't I couldn't like explain the difference in like one's large terms, right? but yeah, Which like a larger? canoe is a little more open. I yep. think a canoe has is like a little wider. I think it was a canoe then because the kayak is like this the thinner plastic ones, right? Yeah, and you kind of like fit into like an individual like little pocket in a kayak, yeah. where like a canoe has more like an open basin. Maybe I maybe I can't explain the the difference in words. I, I I feel like more like if you showed me a picture of a canoe versus a kayak, I'd be like, that's a canoe. Like if you were like at one of those captcha things yeah. that was trying to <laughs> t- trying to prove make me prove that I'm not a robot, select or all the pictures of canoes, and I'd be like, oh, I got this. <laughs> I wouldn't. I'd be intimidated for sure. Damn, the captchas have been getting crazy lately. Really, really wild captchas. It was it was my with my friend Ido Lee. Um, we make music sometimes, um, and we've been shooting a lot of videos together. And he hit me up. He'd never shot a music video before, and a lot of my friends have hit me up before and been like, "Yo, let's shoot a music video. It'll be fun." And a lot of them get shelved. Um, so I was like, "Whatever." Like, Ido's hitting me up to do a music video i just want to hang out with them i haven't seen him for a while it's a good friend it'll be super fun every time we link it's super fun probably get some good food like swim it's a hot summer day it was a gnarly shoot that was definitely the toughest video shoot i've ever no the second toughest video shoot i've ever done it was so worth it it was so intense i'm glad it i'm really glad it happened that was that was a special day and that I captured that on, on video, that we were lucky enough to capture that, especially considering that was Ido's first video shoot ever. And that was one of the first videos I really spent a lot of time editing. I drew out every one of those animations myself. It took a couple months. Really happy about it, really grateful. I had, I've had a couple other projects before this. So I pro- probably, yeah, probably six or seven. The first one on Spotify is the hype within. Yeah, yeah. I have I have um six six oh seven if you include. I did like a deluxe, of many voices too. Yeah, like seven about six seven something like that. Yeah.
I think I said this in, um, I think in the piece itself or maybe in the emails after, not that it was, it like felt like a direct like reference or comparison at all, but just reminded me a lot of Plastic Beach by Gorillaz, yeah. which is, I think we had talked about being mutual fans of that record. Are there any other specific influences that you have? I know like Queen Latifah gets a shout out on, on <laughs> Uh, Yo, what's the lyric lie. like I barely listen to queen latifah growing up barely um so well so is the lyric like i want to party like queen latifah is that i'm in the party like queen latifah like in, i'm i'm okay. big you know what i'm saying like i'm queen latifah status pull up her, her music back in the late 80s and 90s is really really good she's she's immensely talented yeah and she's yeah. she's been acting too now which is wild yeah she does a lot more acting now i think one of, one of those 80s, 90s rappers like uh, Ice-T and Ice Cube, who has kind of like pivoted more to just acting at this point. Yeah, once once I turn 50, I hope I could be in the acting world more. I've done like some <laughs> uh, background like acting, but... Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, I've done a little bit. I did like theater for like 10 years. My only recent acting project is in a couple scenes in a friend's DIY horror movie. I know you're not like a horror. horror I was guy, actually but, in a horror. I was. I was. It was like kind of a horror comedy and like pretty experimental. But I was in one with um, like the drummer from Blondie and like Mac DeMarco and uh, this like old school rapper in New York. When I was 16 and 17, I was in two horror movies. It was crazy. Oh, cool. What are they called? Do you remember the name? Um, this director. Her name is Dylan Greenberg, Dark Prism. Um, I think they're on YouTube for free, actually. Okay, word. I scored both. Yeah, both of them, actually. Wow. That was a while ago. Um, oh, cool. Oh, yeah. You asked uh, what my influences are. I wouldn't say, like, Gorillaz is, like, my like when people ask me what I was listening to that got me into music, I wouldn't say Gorillaz is the number one, but Gorillaz definitely impacted me. Specifically, Plastic Beach, I listen to a lot, um, especially, like, there's a song on that tape or that album with like Little Dragon. Um, that's really beautiful. Yeah. I, I just like I love like funk bass. I grew up so I didn't grow up with a lot of music. My my family like didn't have like a lot of pop culture references around. We didn't have cable. We like my mom listened to Celtic music growing up and like classical sometimes. But like we never listened to like soul or like rock or any of that stuff or like rap. Like definitely not rap or like electronic. Like any specific composers in I like classical no or clue. um but I, I just thought that stuff was boring because I'm like ten <laughs> and I just wasn't hip. But uh my my sister put me on to it was like she gave me an iPod with like some folk music like Joanna Newsom, some funk music like George Clinton, and then she put Outcast on there. And once I heard So Fresh, So Clean, I think was my first rap song that I like really took in. And then the next day I started rapping immediately. And then I heard Soldier Boy. I think I heard So Fresh, So Clean, then Soldier Boy, like within two days. Oh, nice. nice. And then it was over. I, I was like trying to copy Soldier Boy and Outcast and Jay Z and all sorts of people. But yeah, I'd say my like, if I had to put like pin my number one influences, they'd be old. I wouldn't say like they're what I listen to now. I like was listening to a lot of Ethiopicus. Um, my sister put like a lot of world music on or Ethiopics on my iPod. It was an iPod Nano, and Ethiopics is like a compilation. It's an anthology of 120 years of Ethiopian jazz, and that was huge. And that that's like why my beats sound as like dissonant, but like beautiful and mysterious and kind of like sneaky sometimes. Mm -hmm. And then uh, probably like. And there's a lot of like interesting percussion sounds on your beats, too. That, where, uh... that probably came from when I was a teenager. I got hip to like, well, I got hip to trap like when I was 12. Like, and kind of through Soldier Boy and all that. Um, but I got hip to, like, Boards of Canada and this producer, Blank oh, Body. Yeah. Um, Blank Body's my favorite producer probably ever. They stopped making music a couple years ago, but they they just had, like, all these bell sounds 
and they, their music was so busy and they, they would add like funk bass with like trap 808s like seven years ago and have all these different textures and like IDM like glitch laser sounds mixed in and they'd be producing for some like big rappers too and making it sound poppy and really just innovating sound design in like a really accessible way while taking old ideas. But yeah, I'd say probably number one influences, uh, Ethiopics, The Beatles, uh, there's this like political rap group, Dead Press, um, and then probably like Outkast or Jay-Z after that, and maybe some folk and world music on top of that. But yeah, like mostly rap and like production wise, funk, probably George Clinton. I listen to a lot, probably Funkadelic. Yeah, I, I have a, a few of their records. I love, love P-Funk. Yeah, I um the first concert I went to, I was I was 13 and my sister took me to a George Clinton show and they oh, yeah. sold me a t-shirt that was like a, a woman's extra small. They were they were just hustling people kind of not George Clinton, like his management. I respect it. And then I, I cut off the sleeves, so I made it like a tank top. And it, it's a really sus shirt. Like I, I really love it, but it's pretty sexist. Like it I mean, it's not sexist, but it's like kind of like there's like this naked lady on it. That's a snake that doesn't have legs. Um, and then there's like George Clinton is a pimp on it. And like two <laughs> other naked snake ladies wrapped around them. And I cut off the sleeves. I was just walking around <laughs> like 12 <laughs> with this sus shirt on singing do fries go with that shake <laughs> i as as wild i mean that like he he's still uh partying and he's 79 i remember when i saw him when i was 13 my sister was like this could be his last show like this is an opportunity <laughs> wild individual yeah I, I feel like in 2019 that the tour that they were doing on was billed as the retirement tour where he was going to like retire from touring and it was going to be the last one. But who knows if that'll be true. <laughs> I, I can only imagine like how beautiful it must be to just uh, be present and then just chime in like how you described it, sitting down and then just waking up for that one moment to perform and connect with people. And then because at this point, it's it's probably just like breathing to him. Yeah, that's probably where he feels most most at home is just on the road going from stage to stage he's been doing it for so long and with like such a loyal following too one could only be so lucky yeah like now that i really think about it the first time that i really liked the music i was listening to i was playing like a lego game and no i was playing math games (laughs) i love like the in school like back back in the day there was like in um third grade we'd play like math games i'd be like listening mm-hmm. to the math game music and i think probably my sister one time like walked into my room and i made this song called swing through and she was like yo that sounds like math game music and i think it might be because of the math games i played i don't remember any of the music from it but i was obsessed with this one math game as a kid that was like aladdin Yo, I love Aladdin. It had, yeah, it had all like the Aladdin characters, but you had to like go through solving math puzzles. Damn, I wish uh, I played this game. When I was like six, I would I would speed run it. I would do it in like half an hour. Uh, I got to the point where I could just cruise through it. When did uh when did men uh where when did Shh came out? Because like you've released that in many voices so far this year. But what was sort of like the timeline on like getting those out? I've had many voices done since la- since last summer, August, but I I just wasn't ready to drop it. I wanted to get some videos done and like mix it properly and like create a little bit of a world around it. So I was trying to drop it in December, then just a bunch of real life stuff came up. And then I put that out on March 1st. I dropped Risky the week before. I deleted all my social media and made new social media for that. It just felt like a fresh start because I've always that was many voices when my was my first. It's still like a rap album, but it's a lot of punk in there or like post punk. I don't know what to quantify or qualify it as because I didn't really listen to a lot of guitar music growing up. So I wouldn't really know. Mm -hmm. But it it seems different than rap. And then I put out last week, I think, or two weeks ago. I just put it out 
for sure. I didn't I didn't think think about it much. I, I had something intense going on, and I didn't want what was going on in my life to stand in the way of putting it out. So I just put it out. And then um, how I'm trying to think about things moving forward, because I've spent a lot of time trying to like rely on other people to shoot videos with me um, and like always waiting for something to put out a project. But I dropped this project. I just shot a music video for the whole album. I'm dropping that probably tonight. I finished shooting that yesterday. I'm just trying to move forward because I, I create a lot and I don't put most of it out. Like I make probably a hundred songs a year plus a hundred beats. Damn. And it's time to start putting it out and just focusing in more. Hell yeah. Yeah, that, that's awesome. So do you have any plans of of releasing anything else this year? Or, uh, besides yeah. the besides the video tonight. Yeah, I have um a bunch of music videos shelved that I'm trying to maybe get like one more shot for it just to, to put finishing touches on. But I, I have a couple music videos that are done. I, I hope to drop another 50 songs this year at least. And hopefully, like, I don't want to say another 10 music videos. That would be cool. I think that's kind of ambitious, but that, that would be cool. The whole Many Voices thing um, was pretty time-consuming because it was all, like, me banging on glass, then I put an amp on the glass. Now Now that I'm, like... I don't want to say I'm out of that phase. I'm going to, like, I learned a lot from that project. The The workflow is really fast now that I'm not trying to be like a band. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I think that's probably a good place to wrap up unless there's anything else that's on your mind that you want to talk about. Shout out real quick at the end. Shouts out, Harry. Shouts out, Austin Pudding. Um, shouts out, Shouts out everybody that's listening to Mario Getty. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk. Queen Latifah. I want to party like Queen Latifah. Queen Latifah. I want to party like Queen Latifah. Queen Latifah. I want to party like Queen Latifah. Saving my rights, not talking currently. Smoking all loud and kicking my feet up. Hey, it's nice to meet you. Myself, you wanna know I'm hurt. I know it hurts, but I'm good on my own and I love them. Even up on this, anything else overture. Everyone be quiet, please. Queen Latif, I wanna party like Queen Latif. 
Queen Latifah, I wanna party like Queen Latifah. Queen Latifah, I wanna party like Queen Latifah. Saving rice, not talking Connelly's, smoking all loud and kicking my feet. Alright, there you have it, people. That's my interview with Mary Getty. Be sure to check out their music. Check out Shh, uh, which came out earlier this year. Many voices. Uh, I also know Mary Getty just dropped Aquatic Conspiracy Theories, that um, that unreleased project that they were talking about earlier in the in the interview. Um, that did end up coming out. So be sure to check that out. As always, thank you to everyone who has liked shared subscribe this podcast this is we're now nine episodes in uh it has been so wonderful working on this project uh you know this continued project and i only hope to bring bring you all more interviews with really cool artists as always feel free to send me a message how you feel about the podcast if you if you liked it if there's a particular artist that you want to hear and we can try to work that out and I can try to get in touch with those people. Any and all feedback is welcome and encouraged. But yes, please remember to strap your friends and loved ones down to a chair like that scene in The Clockwork Orange and force them to listen to this podcast because, because yeah, uh, we're, we're growing an audience and I, I've been learning a lot about growing a podcast audience in the last three months. And so on average, there's been like, 30 downloads per episode, which feels, you know, this is only the ninth episode. This feels, uh, that feels like a, like not, it, obviously it's not a huge number. It's not a huge audience, but I'm so grateful that there are that many after just, just nine episodes. Um, so thank you to everybody, uh, that like, you know, it makes it feel worthwhile that like anybody's listening i know like plenty of our listeners are like people i know whether they're like friends of mine or people i've run into you know met around boston uh i know hi mom i know she tunes in <laughs> every episode but yeah so thank thank you to everybody next week i will be back with forte and the moons so tune in for that yeah no have a great week everybody see you soon bye